to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's National Headquarters. We're going to begin the new year by talking about the beginning of the design build process, specifically how to practice design build done right procurement. We know that even the best of intentions can go sideways on a design build project that doesn't embrace collaboration and clearly define common goals from the start. So today we're talking to Rich Formella, a DBIA instructor with decades of federal procurement experience about what it takes to practice design build done right for procurement. And we'll also talk about DBIA's new training program with the National Institute for Public Procurement. Good procurement is the foundation of a successful project, right? Tell me a little bit about what makes a successful procurement. Well, it's all about acquisition. And procurement, when you look at projects, it's acquisition is the whole. And there's big A acquisition and little A acquisition. Procurement is the subset of big A acquisition. Big A acquisition is talking about the entire program project, the project management effort, the the preparation of the um, requirements documents, all the planning that goes into it, and then at some point that project manager takes that package that they've developed and takes it over to procurement and says, okay, we now need you to do your thing and get us a contractor. So the procurement aspect of it is a subset of the overall acquisition um, strategy, and that's why one of the courses that we talk about with, with DBIA is, um, you know, uh, the acquisition strategy course, and it's more than just the procurement effort. Right. So once it gets to procurement, then what procurement's looking for is, has all that front work been done? Um, have we involved the stakeholders? Have we thought about who the stakeholders are? Has that project management team um, done that you know, real analysis of who do we need to ask questions of to make sure that all the parties have been involved in the process of developing those requirements documents so that when we go to the procurement table and we put it out on the street and we get a design builder on board, we're not having somebody come out of the woodwork and say, oh yeah, but you forgot about me. And now that's where the owner-directed changes come in because we didn't do the initial upfront effort to make sure that everybody had their say. Goals, challenges, and constraints are all being analyzed. Everybody's perspective um, has been considered. And those that may not get what they want understand the reasons why they're not going to get what they want, either budget constraints or schedule constraints or others higher priority um, requirements from higher priority stakeholders. Right, getting, you know, and I so appreciate you starting with the acquisition part of it, the big A and the little A, because, you know, people might be surprised to hear, at DBIA we say, you may not, this, this may not be a design build project. We're not saying design build is good for all projects. Right, and when we go out and teach uh, as an instructor, I take that universal document and I, it's one of the very first things that I go, go to um, when I'm talking to owners in particular is that, hey, look at what DBIA says here. You have to do a thorough assessment of each project before deciding that design build 
is the proper project delivery method. And I asked them, I said, what is that saying to you? Yeah. And most of them said, well, I guess it's saying that design build is not the answer for everything. And I said, that's exactly right. And DBIA recognizes that it is another opportunity, another methodology, another tool in the toolbox, but they fully understand that you as an owner have to do that objective assessment to make sure that design build is the right solution for your organization, your culture, the way you do business. Right. When you're teaching folks through this process, what are the biggest challenges you think when they're trying to wrap their brain around the best way to get started, knowing that that first step is going to be so critical? Uh, the biggest thing that, that we've always seen with every organization, I mean, they're bringing the instruction in because they want to learn how to do it. So the biggest thing is change. Another role that I play for DBIA is assisting with the analysis of owners that come in and say, hey, we're looking for education, we're looking for training, and the education department will reach out to me and say, hey, can you contact you know, this owner or this person and find out, you know, find out what it is they really need so we can make sure that the courses that we present to them or propose to them are what what would be best be of benefit to you. That classic, you don't even know what you don't know yet because you're really starting off. Exactly. So typically what I do is I call, I call them up and I, I ask, I said, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? How, how big is this project? What is the type of project? Do you have any experience you know, with major construction, major design? Is this your first foray into any type of you know, project? Um, and then, do you have exp any experience with design build? Have you had any instruction in design build? And then I, then I typically ask, who are you intending to be in the audience? And depending on the answer, I always come back to, if, if this is new to your organization, you need to get all of the key players, just like we talked about stakeholders, you need to get all of the key players, anybody that has a say in the process, anybody that could say no. You need to have your project management team, you need to have your procurement personnel, you need to have your procurement attorneys and legal advisors, your budget people, anybody that really has a stake in saying, hey, is this really what we need to be doing? And can understand the change manage management process that needs to occur here and be in that room together so that they can hear the same thing at the same time ask questions, bounce questions off of the instructors, and make sure that they all are understanding what DBIA is teaching and advising on best practices. And you've lived that as, as being in the federal sector, knowing that how many folks you have to get together in the room. If they're not in that room when that decision gets made, how far down the, down the pipe might someone say, whoa, wait a minute. That, that, that's right. And sometimes you get you get individuals that are really set in their ways. And um, one of the things that we talk about is make sure that, you know, owners organizations, when you're gonna go through this process and you're gonna go through this procurement, um, make sure that the, the people that you bring onto the team have an open mind, are willing to engage in a culture of trust and leave all that baggage behind about their experiences on past projects. It's very difficult, but we, we try to make sure that they understand that, hey, if you have somebody that is steadfast in their beliefs and steadfast in their ways, and they're a, na they're a naysayer, 
let them go through the course, but if they're still a naysayer, it's best that maybe you find somebody else to lead. Right. Why, why doom the project, right, from the beginning? That mindset shift, actually understanding what that deep level of collaboration that is inherent in design build and integrative delivery, that's a different animal if you've never done that. Right, right. And, and it is a different animal. And I will, I will tattle on my procurement colleagues um, since I've lived it, they, especially in, in the public sector, they are so overwhelmed with the requirements that they have to get out and they have to compete. And typically, um, they, are, they are typically the most resistant to change because they have done things a certain way, it's been successful for them. In some cases, they're very risk adverse because if something goes wrong with a procurement, then you know there's an opportunity for the unsuccessfuls or the ones that didn't win to protest. That then causes problems. That goes back to the procurement official to have to, you know, explain or adjudicate, you know, what has to occur. And so oftentimes they just like to do things the way they've always done it because they're comfortable. And it's safer. And going to something that's different and learning how to do something that's different makes them step out of that comfort zone. Great design builders are all about innovation, integration, and efficiency. That's why we're happy to have Georgia Pacific Gypsum as our Design Build Delivers partner. The DENS Element Barrier System with AquaCore technology from Georgia Pacific Gypsum creates the water-resistive and air barrier within, eliminating the need for an additional on-site crew to apply a separate WRBAB. This innovative product provides a high-performance integrated sheathing solution for architects concerned with preserving the integrity of their building designs and offers contractors better control of their project schedules and potential time savings. The, one of the great things about design build is it's many, it's very diverse. There are lots of ways to make it work, the different flavors, if you will. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, because that also opens up the potential to do things in a myriad of different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, one of the slides that we teach in the courses talks about all of the different selections that you can make as part of the design build process. You know, the contracting method, the procurement method, um, the, the, the process me methods. Uh, there's, in my opinion, there's methods that work better than others. And I mean, DBI takes positions on certain things. You know, obviously you can do design build, call it design build, low price, technically acceptable, but that's not, that is not a DBI best practice. And frankly, it's not a good thing for the owner because you are now just, you're doing a procurement based solely on price or disguising it as a, a non-price competition, but it's really price. And we tell owners, if, if, you're, if you are putting out your RFQ document, your request for qualifications, and you are looking for the premier design builders, but they see down the road that as part of your RFP process, it's going to be low price technically acceptable. They can't give you their best team. You can't afford their best team. Right. Right. So that method really is not good. The two-step um, the two-step method where you shortlist the, you, the best qualified teams 
and you bring those teams and you get their ideas and 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 you engage with them early in the process to get their ideas on the table and somewhat point them in the direction of what you think um, satisfies or exceeds your needs and let them develop those and turn in proposals. In my opinion, from my experiences as an owner, um, that is the best of, of both worlds because um, you get to pick and choose between three different ideas, best of the best have proposed, and now you get to pick what provides the best value. The other thing that we teach as part of procurement, and this is very difficult for the procurement world to, because procurement people are so used to the competitive, um, more bidders is good. The more bidders we get, the lower the price. You know, it's always that dog eat dog competition. You know, let's drive the price down. And they're so used to that from a commodity standpoint that when you get into this service standpoint, it's like, why is more not better? Well, more is not necessarily better because the cost to compete sometimes is so exorbitant for the design build community that they'll say, hey, if my chance is one in five or 20%, mm, no, maybe not so. If my chance is one in three, yeah. It goes back I'll... to that being owner of choice. You want to be the owner right. that, that, that the industry wants to work for. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, and following the best practices that have been developed helps you be an owner of choice. One of the things that I did not realize during my career, and it took me a while to get to it, was we are, in procurement, we are evaluating contractors. We're evaluating design builders. We're evaluating offers. We are evaluating, evaluating, evaluating. What I didn't realize is, hey, we as owners are being evaluated too. That competitive marketplace out there is saying, hey, do I really want to sign up to play with them? Are they going to treat me fairly? Is, is what they're putting out in their procurement document representing the type of contract that I want to sign up for? I did, I, it took me a while to realize that that was going on. And not only, not only as an organizational level, but at individual levels too. I would, I would get calls and say, who's going to be the project manager on this project? And if the past history of dealing with that individual was negative or the past history of dealing with that contracting officer was negative, I had firms flat out say, thank you, but we will not be participating. We'll take a pass on that one. Yes. Well, and when you talk about a successful design build project, these are the ones that are truly collaborative and they build those relationships. You can see where a design builder, they, you've had good experiences, you've had bad experiences, oh, maybe I don't want to go. Right. go there if it's going to be one of those experiences. That's exactly right. right. <laughs> that, that team needs to work together. One of the slides that we, we show is a slide of a crew. You know, if one of those rowers is not pulling in unison, that, that team will not cross the finish line first because they're going off in direction and they're wasting time. Tell me a little bit about, we've got a new effort, a new connection um, with the- uh, National Institute for Public Procurement. There you go. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about that, because I think this is I think this is important. I mean, it really gets to the core of who DBI is trying to involve and educate all team members. Right. So in the procurement realm, um, in order in order to bind an owner 
under contract, you have to have the authority given from that owner to do so. And in the federal sector, it's called a contracting officer's warrant. A contracting officer gets a warrant, it has a certain dollar amount that's assigned to it, and you can, you can bind the federal government or that owner organization under contract up to that limit for certain types of transactions. The same thing happens in the state organizations and the local and municipal, municipal organizations. So in the federal sector, you have to have a certain level of experience and training and then get a certification um, from the Federal Acquisition Institute or from Defense Acquisition University. And then you're certified and you can be given a warrant by your organization to bind them to a contract. Same thing is happening in the um, state, local, public sector. But instead of going through Federal Acquisition Institute, the organization that they typically go through to demonstrate that they understand the procurement process and they are eligible for certification. I actually got certified through them a number of years ago simply because I wanted some additional letters after my name. <laughs> but um, they are the ones that really are the representative organization for state and local public entities. So they're the ones that you take a test. You, you demonstrate experience, you demonstrate knowledge, and you take a certification test, very similar to what DBIA does with their certification test. And then that indicates that you are a procurement professional and you have the abilities and skills necessary to um, function in that role for state or local governments. So that's how they come into play. They have the sister agency in the federal sector, but the state and locals have NIGP. And then by pulling you in and DBIA in to help integrate design build training into their regular education, we're actually allowed, you know, have the opportunity to really let them dive in before maybe they have a design build potential procurement land on their desk. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the, one of the things that is very difficult for the, the public procurement officials to do is find specific training relative to design build. There's, there's really nothing that's put out by the federal government that talks about how to do design build. It's, everybody's relying on what DBIA puts out to understand how design build should be done. And so then by targeting education specifically for procurement officials for the first time, we've actually opened up that door a little bit to hopefully create more design build done right from that very beginning first right. step. Right, and help, helping them bridge that under, level of understanding in their own community. I mean, sometimes community um, discussion at least in the onset of understanding is a safer environment than talking about the issue in a mixed environment where if you say something and you say something incorrectly or your opinion is not along the lines of the majority, um, you can feel uncomfortable. So talking about design build in that niche of procurement helps them understand it so when they talk to their project managers and, the, and, and leadership, they better understand what is being discussed for the benefit of the organization. Yeah, coming in with that baseline understanding that you can then at least build on. And so we've started some webinars, which, which should go all the way through the spring, and the, the first have been very successful. I mean, there's clearly an interest in getting that kind of information out. 
is the is what we're offering them significantly different than what we would do in a traditional um, DBI education course? Yeah, the DBI education courses, you know, they the eight hour course, the the day courses, you know, they sprinkle in here and there um, aspects of the best practices, um, but. What I thought we probably wanted to do, at least with the, this community, is number one, hey, what is design build? How is it different than the other project delivery methods? And in my opinion, the best source for a one-hour presentation was to go through the best practices documents and some of the uh, primer documents and just present those. What I have found, uh, unfortunately, what I have found when I go out to teach is that there's a wealth of information already on the DBI website, but people either don't know that it exists, mm -hmm. don't know where to find it, don't know that it's free for download. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> or don't take the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought that this is, a, this is a method, a way to get the knowledge out there about what our best practices, because it's all about, I mean, DBIA is all about trying to get owners, and in particular, we're talking about owners and the procurement community subset of owners. What are the best practices? How should they be implemented? Uh, why are they beneficial? What are some of the corresponding um, similar attributes in some of your regulations that point you in, in the direction and they're, they're not in conflict. They're, they, they are complementary of each other. Um, too often I've heard some entities say, well, we can't do design build or design build you know, doesn't fit within our regulatory structure. And, um, you know, that was one of the things when we developed the federal sector best practices document. We heard too many times from the federal sector organizations, and again, it goes back to this is the way we've always done it. Oh, we can't do that. Yes, you can. Actually. <laughs> yes, you can, actually. And here's where a best practice that's been developed by DBIA is very similarly referenced in the federal acquisition regulations. You know, and we put the reference in that federal sector document. Hey, here in your Bible, procurement people in the federal sector, the FAR is the Bible. Sure. Here in your master book is what we're saying is a best practice. They, they're the same. Closing that knowledge gap. Yes. Right? I mean, that, that's a classic, classic education. I think you probably run into that every time you teach. So one of the things, the, the, the federal acquisition regulations is a book about that thick. And one of the things that I found is that too often when these procurement people get hired, they focus in on the chapters that apply to the types of actions that they do. And oftentimes they don't look at chapter one. And chapter one sets up what this whole 52-part regulation is all about. And in chapter one, there's verbiage in there that basically says, if it doesn't say you can't, you can too often times it's been interpreted the opposite. You can't. So we, we've started our, our new procurement um, webinar series, which is the first in the nation that we're, we're teaching design build to procurement professionals. Give me an idea of what those, those sessions look like. What can they expect to see? So, so the very first one um, was going through the um, DBI documents on choosing a project delivery method, which helps 
helps a, an individual understand what's the difference between design bid build, what's the difference between construction management type contracts, and what's the difference between those and design build. Um, so it's choosing the project delivery method, what is design build, those two documents were the first session. The second session I decided I'd take the universal best practices document and I divide the next three sessions into procuring design build uh, services done right, contracting for design build services done right, and executing a design build project done right. Then once we're done with the universal best practices, then we're gonna, we were gonna go into the market sectors and say, hey, you know, these, these universal best practices apply uniformly, but there's some nuances in some of the market sectors that um, these documents apply to. Sure. So how does it affect the federal sector? How does it affect the transportation sector? How does it affect water and wastewater? And what are the nuances in those market sectors that you would need to be aware of? Then after that, we are gonna tackle progressive. We are gonna divide them up into, the, the universal is three, choosing project de delivery method was one, um, water, transportation, federal, that's seven, and then progressive. So that's, that's the eight core series. Which really does, really does do a great job of representing really all of best practices work across all of design build. So that's, that's great. Well, so you heard it directly from Rich. There is a wealth of easily downloadable information on the DBI website, and you can find all those free design build resources at store.dbia.org. We're excited to partner with the National Institute for Public Procurement on the nation's only design build procurement webinars. If you'd like more details on those or any of our terrific new 2020 design build education courses, go to dbia.org.